You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Good morning, Miss India. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I am, so I'm a little bit confused about something because I'm, first of all, the overwhelming thing that I find is, is a big concern or challenge right now is, um, just permission, permission of, you know, what to do of, you know, how to do something. What if I fuck it up? All of the above. But the interesting thing though, for me is being that this is pride month. I think that we had a very interesting intersection come up of seeing how the Black Lives Matter movement um, really needed the support, but then also this is during Pride Month and the LGBTQIA community absolutely needs that. And so it's an interesting thing to me to see what this permission looks like when I'm having people saying things like, well... If I care about this, can I care about this? And what they're and that that's what I'm hearing, but what they're saying is, well, can I support this cause and this cause? And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of curious if if you're seeing this in the things that you're talking about with your clients as well, like when it comes to like their marketing and, you know, the messages they're putting out. Absolutely. Um I think that many people struggle to hold space for two things at the same time. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if one of those things is something that is either a new thing for them or they're doing it in a new way or they've amped it up to a new level. Um, A little bit off subject, but people can probably relate. I'm sure you can relate (laughs) to uh, this when it comes to like when we decide we want to get healthy and we know, okay, we need to work out and we need to eat healthy. Mm, trying to do both at the same time when you haven't been doing either is a little bit challenging. It It is. And it's funny because it draws that kind of, you know, correlation of can I be healthy and still 
still be able to in, in, enjoy it. If that makes yes. sense. Like, like being healthy is like, Oh, I have to hate life and eat cardboard. And it's like, eh, not what that has to be at all. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the biggest things that I see that stands out with that is, you know, um, this desire to try to do all the things. Right. So like, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think that it's better to take baby steps for most people, just in my experience of being a bodybuilder and understanding what that looked like. So it didn't happen overnight, but I think it relates back to pride month. It relates back to being an ally for black lives matter too. Like if you're taking small little baby steps, then you can hold space for these two things a little bit easier at the same time versus trying to like go full blown ham deep in all the things all mm-hmm. at the same time from the beginning. Like that's not going to be sustainable. No, it's not. And this is where I tend to, I prefer that you are able to identify your values and then you figure out how, you know, you want to figure out how to make it sustainable, but that does not mean, like you said, just, I'm just going to go ham and I'm going to do all the things for all the things. And it's like, wait, no. And this month for me, I had, you know, like it was, it was really tough to be in this place of the lot, the, the rights for people that look like me was on the forefront and it needed to be. And at the same exact time, the community that um, I self-identify as an ally for the LGBTQ community as a whole, um, like I, I, you, you, in some ways you weren't seeing that focused on as much because it was trans month, but at the same time, there was so much more talk around black trans lives being discussed that wasn't being discussed as much. Like the fact that when you were hearing the names of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery to also hear Nina pop that needed to happen because I'm like, wait, can we be all encompassing? Because you, you can't say black lives matter and then allow the erasure of black trans lives to exist. Like to me, you can't, there is no separation. Uh, So I'm going to ask you what many people are probably thinking and are too afraid to ask who is Nina pop. Ah, all right. So I'm sitting in front of my computer. So I am going to literally read you what comes up when I pull this up. The minute you put it in Google, because this is what I'm going to ask you to do, those of you listening, for your own piece. Um, trans woman Nina Pop stabbed to death in Missouri. And this was titled, I mean, um, dated May 6th. On May 3rd, 2020, a 28-year-old black transgender woman named Nina Pop was found dead with multiple stab wounds after being stabbed with a knife inside of her apartment in Sikistan, I don't know, Missouri, is in Missouri. And so... There were a lot of people that were saying her name and um, I say, say my name, um, say their names because it's important. You have to say these people's names and you have to make them people, not hashtags, not causes, not movements. They're people. This is somebody's child, somebody's mother, somebody's love, somebody's daughter, somebody's son, somebody's something. So you have to name them. And very often trans names are erased. And so the fact that right now you are hearing Nina Pop mentioned alongside, again, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna um, Taylor, it, to me, is, is an important step. Because too often, 
you only hear people that identify as a part of this community saying it, and that's not okay. No different than it should not only be Black people saying George Floyd's name, which we saw that shift. And now what, me as an ally, I'm not, I'm like, okay, can we now talk about trans lives outside of the fact that Pose is like the best fucking show ever? Like, can we make them real life and talk about how that happens? Uh, can I interject for a second? Mm-hmm. So I know that naturally we all have like, when it's our industry, we're more aware of certain things than people who are not in our industry. Correct. I share this space with you. I also share Flaunt Your Fire with you and Pause in the Play of the Community. This is my first time ever hearing about Nina Pop, and I am directly in business with a DEI coach and consultant. So I think that if somebody is listening to this, I'm going to ask you, have you heard of this person prior to now? And if not, go do your research and learn about them. That is going to be my homework assignment for myself because Mm -hmm. I have not heard this name mentioned as much as I am like deep into the work that you do right now, just as a nature of us having business together. So I don't know, say their name has Nina's name really been said as much as we'd like to think it has been. I'm going to say maybe not. Well, and it hasn't been said as much as I would want it to. Now I'm going to say like, for example, the episode that I think we did, um, but when everything was really like all oh, hell, um, and I and I I've mentioned her before, but here's here's the problem that can come with the trauma of what we're dealing with right now. So many things blur together. So unfortunately, the names there's just so many names. Yeah, and we almost don't even notice anymore because it's another name. It's another black body. It's another person that was just treated horrifically and whose life was ended early and by the hands of someone that just didn't give a fuck and it shouldn't be a thing. So the problem I don't think is that her name isn't being said. I think the problem is that there's too many names to have to be said. So why do you think that hers is the one that's being forgotten? Um, I don't think it's that it's forgotten. I think what's happening, though, is that if we think about Ahmaud Aubrey, if we think about Breonna Taylor, and if we think about George Floyd, they are, you see it on the news. You're hearing it repeatedly. And it's something to where there's national media and headlines on investigations going into it. And to the best of my knowledge, and this is where I'm going to say I could be wrong, and so anyone that knows differently, by all means, I am open to being corrected here. Um, it's Nina Pop is not being treated in the same manner. Now, I don't know the specifics of her murder, but I know the fact is she was murdered and she is not an isolated incident. And the fact of being a trans, you know, a trans woman that was murdered, like the list of trans people that are murdered simply because they're trans is it's too long, but it doesn't get the same type of press. And unfortunately, how many Trayvon Martins and Sandra Blands and Eric Garners and Freddie Gray's that we have to have before we even hit this point? And Freddie Gray, I mean, that was the entire basis of the riots in Baltimore. I think that was 90, I mean, 96, 2016, if I remember correctly, 2015 or 2016. Yeah. And it, it wasn't a small thing. 
And yet at the same time, how many times did it happen again? And so now, unfortunately, we we had George Floyd and then we have Rayshard Brooks. And so it still happened again. Um, and I think what's happening is that it's it's happened to the point to where there's still people that will say, oh, it's not it's not race related. But then there's more people than what there were previously that are like, wait, I can't even act like I don't understand this anymore. Like I, there, there is no amount of, yeah, maybe not that I can do anymore. And so my hope is that, you know, the more times that we hear the names of people like Nina Pop and like this year is 51 years since Stonewall happened. And I think that, again, it's like, okay, can we, I don't say normalize it because I want the fuckery with it to be normalized, but the same way that we shouldn't have to say Black Lives Matters, but now it's more stigma to not say it. I hope that that continues. And I hope that that continues for Black Trans Lives Matters because then that means that, okay, now if we can at least say it, maybe now we can acknowledge that it's a fucking problem going on around it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know as much about, I mean, as you say this, I'm having to recognize, like I have ignorance and work to do because I don't know much about trans deaths, period, or trans hate crimes, Mm -hmm. period, let alone black trans. Um, Well, and unfortunately, I think that the system is built this way. I think the divide and conquer piece is helpful because as much as you can kind of put people in a place to where, you know, oh, it's black lives. Oh, it's trans lives. Oh, it's LGBTQIA. Oh, it's, um, you know, Native Americans, indigenous people, uh, women, um, like insert marginalized group here. You minimize the impact because you're, forcing people to kind of ante up into certain groups and to not be able to say, can equity just not be something that we're doling out like fucking pie and all of a sudden we don't have enough and oh, you show it. Like that is kind of where I think I'm struggling with it because when you see it, so for example, I've had conversations um, with clients around what does it look like to be able to have the duality of supporting one thing and another. And I think that this a very tangible example is someone saying to me, how can I support Black Lives Matters causes and charities and still donate to environmental protection causes and charities? And it's like, so we don't have to choose black bodies in the planet. Like black bodies need the planet too. Like we all need the goddamn planet. Like this is not either <laughs> Like, I mean, shit, I drive an electric car and I drink out of reusable straws. I give a fuck too. Like, please don't think that just because I'm a black woman that I don't give a shit about the other things. I do. Like, this is not either or. This is and. And, people, this is and. Yes, I had to clap that out. And. It is both. Because when you decide that you have to choose a cause... First of all, that's just not good for your whole spirit. Let's just start with that. With that. Yeah. Like, that's a, that feels fucking awful. But to say that you are so unilateral that you can only give a shit about one thing at a time, 
No, we better than that. Like as human beings, we are better than that. Like we can say that, you know, like for me as a cisgendered black woman married to a white man, I can and still do advocate for same sex marriage. Like I can do both. <gasps> Newsflash. <laughs> I can do both. You know, I don't know. It makes me really question, was the system built this way? And I think that that question arises um, because when I think back about like slavery days, which thank God we didn't have to experience, but our ancestors did. Mm -hmm. There were so many layers to that. And when we really look at the unique nature of people not being able to get out of the system. I -hmm. feel like a large part of that was changing their last name. So you don't know who your family is anymore. That's one way of divide and conquer. Um, Mm -hmm. Putting the people who worked in the fields and did the manual labor in one category. And then the people who had fairer skin, which if we're going to be real, was due to raping slaves most times and them having children um, from their slave master, putting them in the house and having the front-facing jobs. And then part of that programming became lighter-skinned people or fairer-skinned or mixed people versus darker-skinned people. And when you pit the people who are trying to rise against you against each other you know, or feel like they have to fight for their little section when at the end of the day, if the lynching happens, they all get lynched. Mm -hmm. You know, it Mm -hmm. stops them from taking action together. It stops them from unifying each other. Um, And a lot of what I hear you saying is really making me think that maybe the system was built this way so that people feel like they have to pick and choose what they support, who they support, but also the people in those marginalized groups you know, how can they start to break that system and come together and support each other and each other's causes and begin to view each other as equal? Because reality is that the equity problems and the systemic racist problems, you know, come across multiple kinds of groups. It absolutely was designed that way because that is doing the work for them because You know, when I, I think, you know, it applies to both of us growing up, even though I'm a little bit older than you, like the whole light skin versus dark skin, like light skin was somehow heralded as better. Oh, you got good hair because it's straighter and it's longer. Oh, you got Indian in your family. I can go through, I don't know how many of these stupid ass colloquialisms built to support, I mean, to separate black people that were ingrained as I was growing up and that were ingrained in, you know, my parents and grandparents going back because that is our part of the, this is us now seeing it and figuring out how to deprogram ourselves of the programming that we were given to play our part in the system. This is what was given in order to say, Oh, you can help me do this job of dismantling uh, you know, black people as a whole in the culture and keeping y'all all down by me making you feel like you are better or worse if you don't pass the brown paper bag test. Let me give you a false hierarchy that at the end of the day, and none of y'all gonna actually make it, but I'm gonna give you some false hope. That's bullshit. Yeah, 
there's there's a lot of layers to that. I don't know. It just makes me say, like, what can people do to hold this space to unify and to not feel like they have to pick and choose what they're supporting? Like, where can they find that and? First of all, I think part of it is it's understanding that, again, it's not pie. Like, equity is not pie. Like, there's enough for everyone. And so when you see anyone that does not have it, supporting them and shifting that power dynamic, like there, there's enough to do that. And so I think for some people, they'll look at it from a point of view of like, like I've had clients that are like, oh, well, I only have X, Y, Z amount of money. And it's like, okay, well, there's more ways to foster equity than just money. And so to, for again, for me, I always go back to the examples of silver immersion with the fact of like me having to support um, same-sex marriage, because for me, that was something that I'm like, why the fuck is this not? okay like this is this is dumb yeah and so that didn't that didn't take me money to be able to draw a fucking line in the sand and say nah son I'm not doing this like it was really just kind of that simple for me I am not anyone else and so therefore I can't decide what your journey looks like but if you look at it as money first of all if you're looking at money as a limited resource in the sense that I don't have enough that's a limiting belief. That's a whole nother piece, but I'm not going to go into that. I'm looking at it from the point of view of if you say that this is what I have and this is all I can do with it. If you say, okay, this is the amount of money that I have to utilize as one of my resources and I will allocate this and now I can begin to see what other resources I have. Is it my time? Is it my influence? Is it my network? What else can I utilize in order to work on equity. But it's not about I don't have enough. It's how can I best use what I do have access to. Don't look at it from the place of what I can't do. Look at it from the point of what you can do. And finding ways in order to say, I can support multiple causes, particularly the intersection. And so this goes back to like the environmental piece, like, yo, saving the whales ain't no good. If people's is all gone, like what are we going to do? Like we, it's not really how that works. And so it's not about like, I can only do this if, or, or, or this, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, I have to do sustainable clothes, but I can't support a living wage. Like, I'm like, this is and, 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 and stop looking for the either or, because what you're doing at that point is you're looking for a no, you're looking for a reason to say, see, I can't do that. I, I tried. I couldn't make it happen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. because you're looking for excuses you're looking for reasons to say this couldn't be done because womp womp oh, mama was out of money I couldn't do nothing bullshit you feed into the system with that you're feeding into the division of trying to create what equity really is about which is like can we all have access to the same things can we not constantly be put into these goddamn factions like no yeah, no. it doesn't, you don't have to have money to use your voice. I just want to remind no. people of that. Uh, no, and we yeah. talk about that in the community. Like we're, we're like, you know, there's more than one way to do this. And we've seen people in the community, you know, and this is pause on the play, the community for those that might not know. Um, but we talk about the different ways that different industries can make an impact and Honestly, the first ones that come to my mind have absolutely nothing to do with like donating to a cause with money. No, I've definitely been really proud to see people in our community 
amplifying voices and bringing attention to causes and really standing up for what they believe in. Yes. The way that people are like, okay, so this is what I do and this is who I am. And I need these things to intersect in a meaningful and ethical way for me because I need to be a whole human to do this. Like that's, that's such an important piece of it. And so knowing those, those values and how that intersects with what you do and the impact that you can make with that, like that's a, that's a huge piece of it. Absolutely. And I think that it's important to have support with that along the way and also identify where's your path of least resistance with it, you know, as you're stepping into leading with your values and creating change, because, you know, there will be days where this stuff gets hard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably more than less. And when you have clearly identified that and you have the support system that you need to keep going, you can pick that path of least resistance and know that you're still doing something. Um, And maybe that path of least resistance is sharing somebody else's podcast or introducing a friend to a black owned business, whatever that might be. But I really have enjoyed the fact that we're diving deeper into what this looks like with the people in our community, pause and the play the community. And if that's something that has been on your radar is to get that support and get that clarity, you can learn more about it at www.pauseontheplay.com slash community. You can also apply there. We would love to see you in the room. And I agree 150%. I don't want you to feel like you have to do this on your own. This is something that can be done in a community environment and you can get support with it. There's a few days left in Pride Month, and so I would really love to see people digging in and learning more and finding out how they can better support and the fact that Black lives mattering and trans lives mattering and LGBTQIA plus rights mattering. I always feel like I'm leaving something off. I'm, I'm <laughs> bad ally. Um, there's an intersection. And so I would love to see you digging into what these intersections look like and how you can best highlight and support them and not as singular causes. And so with that, we love being here. We love having these conversations and we love allowing you to be a fly on the wall to hear them. So thank you, India, for being here with me. Thanks for having me. And we love you being here and allowing some space for you to consider how you can be the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take And then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. 
Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?